Welcome back to the Block Channel. Great to have everyone back. Uh, we're here this week with episode six uh, with our guest from Gnosis, Matt Liston. Uh, and also today I am joined both my co-host Dimitric. Dimitric, do you want to intro yourself? Oh, hey, everybody. Back again. Co-host of Block Channel. Um, host number two of the Bitcoin podcast. Uh, ready for another exciting show. Going to listen to Matt talk Gnosis. Looking forward to yep. getting you guys good information. That's Spanish. So uh, inf information. We are multilingual here. Um, yeah. So we're here talking with Matt uh, about Gnosis, talking about prediction markets, and Matt. Uh, you know, without like really giving any detail from our end, if you want to just give us an introduction on yourself uh, and like overall on your project and like why you're here. Yeah. Sure. Well, uh, first of all, really happy to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Matt. I've uh, been doing this decentralized prediction market thing for uh, four and a half years now. Um, so it's, it's at this point kind of like a life goal of mine to get these things launched and adopted. Uh, I uh, founded Augur, uh, now work on Gnosis as a lead strategist. Um, Gnosis is a decentralized prediction market platform. Um, we see prediction markets as uh, enabling a really huge variety of predictive applications, uh, financial applications, insurance applications, action incentives, governance, and whatnot. Um, so it makes a whole lot of sense to build this platform on Ethereum in which anyone can come on and uh, plug into our smart contracts and tools and create these custom applications for uh, each individual market. I think we cut off there for a second. That's good. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, we'll just edit that. Um, was that so, was that an okay intro? No, no, no. That was, no, that was money no, that was in the bank. That was money in the bank. So, 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 we're understanding what you what you're working on at Gnosis, but so how did you um, how did you come to work on this project originally? Like, you know, what is the sort of the, the vision that you're trying to do uh, with Gnosis? Um, just so we can sort of like understand why you are passionate about prediction markets in general. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess if I think back, it kind of goes all the way back to when I was a kid. Um, I, uh, I kind of like stayed at home and read almanacs and encyclopedias. And I always had this nagging thought that everything or almost everything wrong with the world was an information problem. And if you can break down uh, the information barriers, you know, including barriers to education, barriers to uh, geopolitical information, scientific information, and just interpersonal communications, then you can solve a whole lot. Um, you know, you can make the world run smoother uh, and uh, accelerate faster. So it, it's in that way sort of always been a lifelong goal of mine. Um, even though I didn't know it to uh, create these open markets for information. Um, in terms of cryptocurrency, particularly, uh, I guess my first exposure to it was in 2009. Um, I was a college student and I broke into a little mini conference at Caltech uh, on something called, uh, what was it? Quantum digital cash. Hmm. Um, so that, that was pretty interesting. And it, you know, opened my eyes to new ways of uh, transacting. Um, in, I think, 2012, 
uh, I got bored one night and I ended up on the uh, the Bitcoin wiki uh, smart contracts page and autonomous agents page, which was two sentences at that point. Uh, just became totally obsessed with that. Uh, emailed Nick Sabo, started pitching startups. And uh, well, one of the things I pitched uh, got money, turned into Augur. Um, Augur is obviously a you know pretty incredible project at this point. Uh, no longer involved with Augur. I did some consulting for uh, blockchain IoT and uh, Ethereum uh, after that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I started talking to Martin Kopelman, uh founder of Gnosis, and it was just a supernatural fit. Um, because it's what I'm passionate about, what I've been working on. So uh, after a bit, I joined the team. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just been onward and upward since then. Mm. So just for those who don't know, um, which is probably quite a few people, what kind of like mathematical principles are prediction markets based on? Yeah. Like, well, I mean... Essentially, at its core, it's based on uh, placing something at stake for the information that you're providing in, in such a way that you're only incentivized to provide good information unless you have some ulterior motive. Um, so what that means is uh, if there's a market and I see the current market price uh, and I think the market price is off because I have some piece of information, then rationally, um, I should buy positions in that market because I have an expected payoff. So mm -hmm. it's providing an incentive for everyone with or who thinks they have the best information to come along, sell that information to the market, and that essentially moves both the price of the market and in effect the probability estimate of that outcome. So would you say that um, like what you guys are doing at Gnosis as compared to what you what they're doing at Augur, is there any sort of like core differentiation between like the two the two markets as far as like what you guys are trying to like tackle or trying to do initially, or do you think you guys are in basically trying to accomplish the same thing, but you're going to go in two different focuses and then maybe one day meet in the middle? Yeah, I mean, I I think there's there's a couple answers to that. Um, one, um, I think we are trying to do something uh, a bit different. And that's mainly the platform focus versus the application focus. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, Augur is more on the side of creating an application where people can come in and trade on anything, um, mm -hmm. sort of like a, a more generalized in trade. Um, yeah. Gnosis is much more firmly on the side of building a platform and enabling people to have individual applications for each of those markets. Um, so, so that's, I think, a long-term vision thing. Um, I think in addition, um, to that platform shift, uh, we're focused on different scaling and Oracle tactics, um, partially because they're necessary to enable some of the more alternative markets that we're looking to create, um, you know, things like insurance markets, for example. Um, so th those are the two key, um, I think, target market differences between the two projects. Got it. Mm. So I guess as far as like partnerships, and things like that go um, for Gnosis. Like, is there is there anyone that you guys have like already like talked to who are like interested in using like Gnosis prediction markets in any sort of like novel way? 
um, aside from like what you guys are like building as like you know proof of concepts like you have like I know you have like the hunch game and those sorts of things that like utilize what you guys are building from a platform perspective um, but as far as like any like notable names do you have anyone who could potentially like want to hop on board to do what you guys get a piece of what you guys are doing yeah absolutely I mean um, we've got people coming to us it seems like every week at this point who have just heard about Gnosis and contact us usually because they want to build an application on top um, a couple days ago, I, I talked to someone uh, about uh, incentive markets for security exploits, um, essentially using prediction markets to create a crowdsourced uh, bounty program for finding software exploits, for ensuring against data loss, for having a, you know, a data point for the probability of various hacks. Um, so uh, stuff like that occurs. Uh, and then also we, we have sort of an ongoing um, project with Wedbush Securities. Um, in which we're trying to, uh, well, first create a prediction market-based uh, survey-like application for getting feedback on um, expected values of stock fundamentals, like um, earnings per share or a number of iPhones sold. Um, but things like that could eventually morph into um, actual financial market products. Hmm. Yeah. So having a crystal ball can be dangerous, right? We all watched uh, Back to the Future 2. Biff took that almanac back. You mentioned almanacs, and it made me think of Back to the Future, too. He took that almanac back, and then he became Trump. You know, And so what are some of the dangers of having a prediction market? Like, What are some of the dangers of having a crystal ball, if you say? You know, I'm kind of glad you asked that, because there's some stuff around that that keeps me up at night. Um, so to, to me, one of the really interesting long-term things that these prediction markets and particularly decentralized and open ones can bring is uh, essentially you can marketize everything. Everything where there's some information, you can make it tradable, and then you can get better information. Um, uh, essentially, it looks something like a hypercapitalism, where instead of decisions uh, cascading down from financial and credit markets, you have markets directly on those decisions. You have markets on how should this car be routed? Uh, what decisions should the CEO make? Everything becomes a market. And on the one hand, maybe that's beautiful. Maybe everything's more efficient. Um, maybe we can give a great universal basic income. The world operates more smoothly. Um, but on the other hand, maybe we're alienate, alienating humans from our own decision and from our own emotions. I mean, if there's a market telling us exactly what we should do for everything, and then there's machine learning algorithms that are informing these markets, um, then we're just estranging us more and more from what makes us human. Um, so I think that's sort of the core danger of having this universal crystal ball. Mm. Well, well, okay, so we got a crystal ball, and we have all these, all this data, all these data points. Like you know, you have like, well, X CEO leave Y company, and by this time, will Cheryl from finance actually order the damn laptop that I need? You know, these are all questions that <laughs> need that can be asked of like any business, right? Like, like it's, it's kind of funny, but it's like you can you can literally like you know build a market around all of these different questions. So it begs the question: What happens when you have an oversaturation of data points, right? Where like this is something that's widely adopted. Everyone is placing prediction markets on so many different mundane and arbitrary different events and things of that nature. Like, how do we work to like aggregate and analyze all that data? Does that eventually come down to the job of like an artificial intelligence system? Because obviously, that's only that's the only system that could possibly you know analyze all this data and give us back some like worthwhile um, sort of metrics of like what's happening, what we're doing right, and what we're doing wrong. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I want to create a machine information economy. 
and there's going to be too, too many data points, uh, too much information for humans to really look at this. Um, I, I do see a world in which this is uh, information automating everything. Um, Hmm. Do you see? I I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Oh no, no, you're fine. So, do you see? um, Do you see an instance where, like, having the ability to predict the event of pretty much anything, and if we get to a point where it's like we can get it into a certain, you know, degree of, get it within a certain realm of like certainty that like this this event is actually going to happen, and like, don't you think it's going to kind of take away the fun? out of existing if we can all collectively to come together as like you know seven seven and a half billion people and like pretty much make a determination on any event that's going to happen at what point do we why do we keep doing things at that point well you know here's what i would say i think back on on my previous rant about uh about the decisions um yeah you're, you're taking away the the human capacity uh for choice um but and that's that's challenging right um, as far as taking away the fun, I mean, you could also be taking away the suffering. Um, if you're making things so much more efficient and you then uh, reroute that capital uh, effectively, uh, then the world could be a much, much better place. Um, so I, I wouldn't be so much so much worried about taking away the fun as just taking away the choice and taking away the humanity. I think mm. fun would have to go into the microseconds, like... Mackie, you could just bet your friend, like, oh, I bet you I'm going <laughs> to pimp slap you right now. Smack. Just get them real quick. And they would never know because there wasn't time for it to get to the prediction market. It'd be microsecond fun that you'd have mm. to have. I yeah, think I mean, that's. He, so your, your friend should have like an AI assistant that <laughs> then bets uh, some money in the yes direction. Um, so, uh, Steven could have had his own AI assistant, which took up the no direction, which was then essentially giving Steven a payoff if he didn't slap uh, his friend. So, so our, uh, our AI assistants are I'm making like, money off of us. Do I slap D or do I not slap D? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, you know, your, your assistant is going to be patched into your brain somehow. So then, you know, your assistant will make the decision for you and you'll get the payout to your, uh, to your uh, purse wallet or something. In this mm. uh, purse that's great. Yeah, I love spending money at purse. Purse.io. What a great website. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hearing so much great stuff about purse. It's uh, it's really incredible what they're doing over there. Really great website. But enough about purse. That really great website that just recently came out with Android app. But um, <laughs> I remember so, when I shopped on Amazon. <laughs> now I use purse. So in, so I guess. If you have like all these unique data points and you can sort of, you know, predict what a lot of things are going to happen, maybe in the future, AI is the one thing that will force everyone to like live in the moment. Like if the, if you can predict what's going to happen five years down the line, maybe I should only be, you know, uh, present in the present and not worry about what's to come. I think it's interesting because I mean, you you know, you, you can potentially take out the tedium of, you know, a lot of life's decision making like that's what specialization of labor gave us uh instead of everyone having to be a hunter gatherer now we can focus on stuff that we think you know we like or we're good at so um that that could go a lot further and and that could definitely be positive i think definitely Mm -hmm. it definitely introduces a curveball into humanity 
I don't know if we're ready for that curveball, but I'd like to see. For me, it just would seem like fun. Like, I would just set up markets like, hey, I bet you, like, I don't know, 0.05 <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin. I, just, um, I, I wish people knew exactly how destructive things like electing Trump would have been. I think prediction markets could have shown that. I think you could have had a prediction market that says, uh, uh, if we elect Trump, um, what's the effect going to be on my health costs or something? Um, Because now we're in a situation where all of these people were blindly echoing, oh my gosh, Obamacare is so awful. Meanwhile, they were on Obamacare. Um, So Mm -hmm. a prediction market could have helped them be much more informed in situations like that. Like I it's know, a powerful like, tool. It is definitely so. So, so wait. So I, I have some uh, uh, um, something to talk about here in relation to Gnosis use cases. Um, so you know, we spoke to the Maker guys recently uh, in talking about like stable coins and like how those are like beneficial for systems like prediction markets and like uh, pretty much any, pretty much any like token based platform probably has a use case for a stable coin at this point. As so I have learned. And so I'm sort of I'm sort of curious here, like uh, like Gnosis, like in what ways could, could you all like benefit from like some stable unit of currency? Is that something you could like talk on, or it's just just so I can like oh, wrap my head around that? Hundred percent, it's in our roadmap. So uh, here's here's the basic point to that. Um, mm-hmm. You are speculating in a market uh, on the probability of some event. If you're using Ethereum or Ether. You're also speculating on something that could fluctuate 300% in that period. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So you mm-hmm. absolutely want a stable coin. Um, and like I said, it's on our roadmap. Um, we are already 100% ERC-20 compatible. So you mm-hmm. could use stable coins in our markets. Um, and yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's critical to any uh, blockchain-based platform. Hmm. So... How do oh, I phrase and shout out shout out to Maker, they're a cool project. Oh yeah, we well, yeah, talking to Kenny and Andy yesterday. Those those guys are freaking hilarious. Um, definitely friends of the show now. Uh, okay, so if we've got if we've got like Maker, right, which is a decision you guys on like a stable coin like front. Um, how about Uport? Like for instance, like I just got on Uport today on the Alpha for iOS, and um, Martin sent me a tweet and was like, hey, check out. Um, the Gnosis PM site uh, yep. and sign right in with the Uport. And I was like, what? Let me check this out. So I go to the website and just pops up a QR code and I scan it through my Uport app and bam, I instantly have an account with you guys. And it took like just less than a second in scanning a QR code. That blew my mind. Like, so like, I mean, what? It's, it's like, the future. And, and it's not even, you know, like the government issued ID, it's self sovereign. Um, I know. It's, we're, it's, uh, it's, so, so I guess, I guess. My, my point there is in relation to like Uport and that sort of integration. Are there any other Ethereum projects that you guys have your eyes on that you could potentially like integrate with? Because it sort of seems like to me, like, you know, Ethereum is slowly building out all the tools and utilities necessary in order to just build whatever flavor of any sort of decentralized app that you want. Is there anything that Gnosis is like waiting on to come from the Ethereum developer community to incorporate into your platform? Well, I mean, if there's something we really need, we're not waiting on it. We're collaborating on it. And that's very much the case with Raiden. Um, state channels are really critical for more of the heavy, for some of the more heavy applications that we want to tackle, uh, financial embedding applications, for instance. So we're working um, very closely with the Raiden team uh, 
and uh, it really excited about that project. So how much of the Gnosis like platform, like code base, is dependent upon any Ethereum technologies that like aren't fully fleshed out yet? I was like, are there, is there anything that hasn't come out in Ethereum yet that you guys need before you guys can go live? Well, I mean, we've been live for over a year, so the the mm -hmm. Gnosis code base is is self sufficient. It's been live since Frontier was live. However, for a very consumer friendly product. Um, we're dependent on a few things. Um, mm -hmm. One is state channels, Raiden. Um, another is stable coins. Um, then less critically, we need stuff like uh, payment processors to mm -hmm. uh, exist more easily and more globally for Ethereum mm -hmm. and other cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. and, and do you and do you guys think that you guys think that you're going to actually be able to have like all these tools and be able to like you guys aren't released formally on the mainnet, right? It's just on. Oh no, we. We we've been on the mainnet since Frontier. Uh, how did I not? How did I not know you guys have been on mainnet this whole time? I thought you guys were just working off a of testnet, waiting until your ITO. Oh, hmm. I think you might be sleeping. I mean, Vitalik said it was the most advanced app on the mainnet back uh, a year ago. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just crazy. I just like I for whatever reason I just this whole time I think and you guys were building on the testnet. So I mean, uh, mentioning your ITO then. I guess, and like formal launch and all that other sort of stuff. Like what, uh, what is the plan as far as like uh, the offering and timelines? Because I know it's been changed, it's been pushed back, it's been adjusted. So like what's, what's, what's the deal? Yeah, so uh, our, our token launch, um, I've, I've been working on this for the last year almost, and uh, we're, we're finally getting really close. I mean, um, I, I don't want to give an exact date, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm, getting to the point where I am legitimately hopeful uh, for late February, March. Nice. nice. So March 1st don't, don't, at 3 o'clock. Don't, don't title the episode that, uh, you know, Gnosis is doing a token launch in March, uh, February. <laughs> Go get it right now! <laughs> you know, February. Make, make the listener have to do some work to get in here. Listen but, this, uh, you can buy tokens. Don't listen to Matt. He doesn't know. <laughs> Go now. Find them. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so I've, I've got one more question that, uh, that came to mind, actually. So I'm. Uh, are you familiar with the WeTrust project? Ooh, excuse me. Uh, a, a little bit. I I met. Um, gosh, I forget his name, but the guy who's heading that at a conference and talked about it a bit. Um, tell me more. Oh yeah, so like WeTrust is basically like a peer-to-peer -peer, um, credit financial services lending circle kind of like all-in-one system where basically if they can build in right. enough network with enough participants. Uh, they can they can like rebuild like any traditional like you know credit rating system reputation system um, like lending service insurance service like they can do all those things like with this particular network so what they're doing is um you know they're building all these things in a trustless decentralized manner and the hope is to like you know build enough people into this network to eventually offer things like lending circles and credit ratings and that sort of thing and you know obviously. I think you could there's probably advantages like for anything that's going to be peer-to-peer -peer in ethereum i think that to have like an additional layer uh, of data um that you can use to improve your app so i feel like every single ethereum application that could come out could uh, benefit from like supplementing in data from gnosis or auger yeah so, absolutely. Like, so um so i mean like from like a general reporting like analytics standpoint like I'm just wondering, like if if the Gnosis platform has ever been thought, you know, thought about something like that, like providing like data analytics to companies. 
Oh, yeah, uh, ab absolutely. So in, in that, um, the, the Weech Trust example, um, you could use Gnosis Markets to predict the uh, probability that a, a person or a group of person people would uh, default on a loan. However, mm -hmm. um, you can take a step further, and you can use that actual mar market to create an insurance policy. Um, mm. So uh, essentially what you're doing is you're saying, uh, what's the probability of this risk event occurring? And then you're using the trading shares in those markets to create an insurance payout. Um, so you'd have a smart contract uh, that you send money to, which is essentially the policy cost. That smart contract buys enough shares in the yes, that risk event is going to occur, such that if the risk event occurs, there's enough to pay out to cover the cost. Um, and then there's people on the opposing side who are quantitative analysts or underwriters or insurance companies themselves who are providing the liquidity uh, for people to uh, buy shares in the direction that's going to allow them to have a payout. Oh, wow. That's, that's yeah, that's, that's a great idea. See what I mean? Come out of nowhere, it doesn't make a difference. You can you can use you, you just you can use data in anything, and it's just like it's just like really fascinating to me um, how much potential Ethereum has, and not necessarily because the application that are eventually going to be built on top of Ethereum, but the amalgamation of just taking random projects and throwing them together, you can literally come up with a completely different platform. Like I can take a multiple different ways you could use something like we trust and Gnosis to create completely different sort of financial tools and products. Yeah, absolutely, and I think some of the early vision for Ethereum was very much in that direction, having all these microservices that are modular and you know interacting with each other um, in a software economy. Um, mm -hmm. So still super interested in that path for Ethereum and other blockchains. I, uh, and I guess so. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, D. Uh, not so serious, kind of serious. It all depends on your take on things. Question, like, all right, so could I, in theory, use the prediction market or a or your yeah your prediction market to see what year the robots think they want to take over shit? Um, yes. Um, if you go under the assumption that the robots won't just kill everyone as soon as they take over. Um, so you could very much have I don't a market think that on. They will. I don't think that they will. Uh, I, but I don't think so either. I'm, I'm not up with the whole AI scare hype. Um, but you could have a market, for example, on, uh, you know, when are we going to have uh, efficient whole brain emulation? Uh, and I would say, I bet, 35 years in the market. Um, so you could have that predicting it. You could also use that market to ensure against automation. So you could say, is my job going to be automated? And then you take some of your, your paycheck and it goes into that market so that if your job is ever automated, then you have a payout. Um, the, wow. the problem that I was bringing up is if you think that the AI are going to take over and then wipe out the earth, well, then you have an existential threat problem in that market. The problem there is, well, if, if uh, the AI take over, uh, there's no longer any way to receive a payout for that market. Um, so it, it skews the probability and, and the, uh, the market mechanism. Mm. Yeah. I just, I thought that was, yeah, I could see that happening. I, I hope they don't kill us all. I hope they just help us lift heavy things and give us more time I mean, to think. So to, to be honest, I, I think they're, um, they're really going to like all of us. I mean, we're working on creating the infrastructure for their economy. Yeah. I um, mean, I ask that quasi seriously because everybody sees the the you know the writing on the wall that things are becoming automated. These robots are getting crazy fancy. You know, it's going to free up all this capacity for humans to be a little more human. So, 
you know, it's, there's some stuff around the corner. I'd like to use this prediction market to see, like, when that's going to happen. So when I can start planning to head to the beach and relax. But Yeah, I need to figure out if I need to be saving up to live forever or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... Like, man, I only got, like, 14K saved. Like, I don't know if that's going to last forever. Ray, Kurtz, <laughs> Ray Kurtzwell style? <clears throat> well, got yeah, a question I mean, like, for you. Mind, mind upload, cyborgism, nanobots, yeah. uh, fixing my body, whatever. Um, but I'm I'm up for an extra 100 or so years, I think. <laughs> upload my brain into The Sims <laughs> and just... <laughs> yeah. Anyways. I can't cook uh, in real life. I can't cook in The Sims. It sucks. <laughs> And now I only have like 30 gestures. So, <laughs> anyway, um, so what's your um? So Ethereum is it's been cooking. It's been cooking for a while now, and uh, it definitely is showing the exponential gains in the the old development corner. The development the developers are definitely kind of like being stolen away from other coins going to Ethereum. So, I guess what's your personal outlook? For Ethereum for 2017, the year just started, kinda. What's your personal outlook for Ethereum throughout the rest of the year? Break yeah, it so, down by so month. First of all, I want to say, um, yeah, we've definitely had something like exponential growth in a uh, developer mind share. Um, but the the thing that's really amazed me most about being in this community and you know going to DevCon and stuff like that is how much passion. Um, everyone has for inventing the future, for uh, you know, doing what we're doing with this amazing technology. Um, so I hope in 2017 that that passion um, remains and uh, grows and spreads to more people, and um, you know, we we could really have a technological movement here. Um, I think we're already seeing um, just in January that uh, some consumer-friendly beta applications are actually coming out, um, and I, I think we'll see that really increase. Um, I think we'll also see an increasing uh, public realization that when a lot of these companies say blockchain, they mean Ethereum. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I hope we just see uh, an increasing injection of creativity. Um, I personally, um, I think Ethereum can innovate on so many things, but I would love to see more and more non-financial applications. Um, you know, even things that are experimental, like, um, you know, creating art projects out of smart contracts. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to see a lot more of that, and I, I think uh, we'll start seeing that. Nice. Well, well, how about this? So we'll ask you we'll ask you one more thing while we have you here on the line. And I thank you for, thank you for all the answers to your questions thus far. So, but this last one is basically just in relation to um, like developers and people that are going to be interested in Gnosis. So people, people are listening to this conversation and like they're intrigued or like they have an idea of their own, like, oh shit, like I would love to be able to do this with Gnosis. How can, how can a developer, how can an entrepreneur, how can just any, anyone in general that wants to assist with the Gnosis project and to help with success, how, how can they help you guys out? Yeah. So we absolutely want everyone possible uh, building on top of Gnosis. And the first step anyone can take is just to join our Slack uh, slack.gnosis.pm, reach out to us, um, and we're there to help you do that. Um, so, yeah, please say hi. And, and, <laughs> do, you, and do you guys do you guys ever have any like um, like developer meetups or anything like that here in the Bay Area and like Silicon Valley or anything like that? Yeah, so we've we uh, we've had a ton of meetups through the Ethereum uh, Silicon Valley meetup group, which uh, Martin uh, co-hosted. Um, mm -hmm. In the future. 
we'd also like to have our own meetups and hopefully hackathons. Um, mm -hmm. I'd love to see what um, you know some kids can do building some cool applications on Gnosis. Do you guys plan on having like the office? Like, is the office here in San Francisco? Like, are you guys like stationed down here, buckled down, or what? Oh no, we're um we're locating in Berlin. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna start out of the uh, Ethereum offices out of there, and uh, probably pretty quickly get our own space. Awesome, awesome. Uh, and that's obviously that's post crowd sale. I would assume need some money in the bank, huh? Post post uh, token launch, uh, but uh, I'm I'm. Oh oh, there. excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Token launch. Uh, it's I'm, not I'm out there. there at the very latest, uh, April first. Uh, Stefan's already there. Uh, Martin's getting to Berlin April 1st, but is already in Germany. And um, we've really been um, also like accelerating our hiring and uh, hope to have a pretty solid team there. I saw, wait, so so basically, so my understanding is like, even though like Gnosis itself hasn't had its token token offering yet, like have you guys just essentially like bootstrapped via like through consensus at this point? Is that how it kind of works? Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're closely aligned with consensus. That's awesome, okay. Well, I guess, I don't really have any other questions in relation to Gnosis. So if there's not anything else that you would want to share, unless there's like there's anything that we have like left out, or if there's any like shout outs or you know um, pats on the back you want to give to anyone from the Ethereum community or the Bitcoin community, we all love each other here. Um, feel free. Uh, shout out to Consensus. Uh, another shout out to Purse. I hear it's a great project. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, gotta keep talking yeah. that. <laughs> and uh, sh shout out to both of you. It was uh, great coming on. Thanks for having me. Hey, yeah, man, thanks, thanks, man. Yeah, and you know, it, 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 was, it was nice to talk to Joey about Augur. And obviously, it was even more of a pleasure to talk to you about Gnosis because uh, it's great to see that uh, multiple different parties are working on these really big ideas uh, and projects. And hopefully, we can see even more and more awesome, intelligent folks hopping on to like help build this out because I really do think this is the future. So thank you, Matt, for coming on to the show. And hopefully, we can have you back on real soon. Yeah, of course. Thanks. Thanks, man. Peace. Have a great day. And this episode of Block Channel was brought to you by Purse. Purse is the easiest way to spend and store Bitcoin. With Purse, you can save 5 to 33% off all the items you love on Amazon. There's even an iOS app. So check out the links in the show notes and start saving money on the purchases you already make every day by using Bitcoin on Purse.